from iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case Roe v. Wade, starring Maya Hawke as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Secure our territory. Secure our turf. Because it's all our turf. Malik, Kenny, and the Bucks, listen, this that undisputed, yeah, we're here to shock the system, this a war zone going down on Wednesday nights, this a fight, this is NXT vs. Dynamite, weekly battles, ratings shattered, this a revolution, this is change to what the game is used to doing, this is all about that dark and light contrast, welcome to the Fight for Wednesday Night Podcast. Welcome to the Fight for Wednesday Night Podcast. I'm your host, Mike De Niro. I'm joined here with G-Rock. Before we get into the show, just want to thank all our fans from all over the world for subscribing to the podcast and also following us on Instagram at Fight for Wednesday Night and subscribing to us on YouTube at Fight for Wednesday Night. Welcome back, Wednesday Night Warrior. How you guys doing? We hope you're doing well. Uh, we just want to give you guys a heads up. This will be our last podcast due to the coronavirus. We can't take any chances. We heard uh, it's quite contagious, and uh, we don't want to put ourselves at risk. So uh, this is the final one. Just kidding with you guys. We're doing fine. Everything's good. No need to go crazy. But this week we did get some uh, pretty decent wrestling. And uh, how are you doing, De Niro? So far, so good. It's been a good week. Um, nothing major going on in my life. Besides wrestling, so I'm pretty excited about this. How about you? No shutdowns around you? Not yet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, everything's kind of cool. Uh, took a trip out to Virginia. That was pretty interesting. Shoutouts to Virginia. Uh, that was my first time, so I got to experience that. But um, yeah, let's jump into it. Let's jump into AEW. Cool. So I want to start off with the uh, Ortiz and, and Cody matchup. Um, I thought that was pretty good. Uh, it sort of continues on from from the previous week, and uh, again, I, I always like those aspects when AEW gives uh, tag team wrestlers a singles opportunity. So I thought I thought it was cool to see uh, Ortiz on display against Cody, and uh, yeah, I mean, I thought it was a solid match. I thought it was a solid match. I thought it was a, a decent way to to kick off. Yeah, definitely. We've been seeing a lot more singles matches with the. Uh, well, I was about to say with LAX. Gosh, I mean, it's already been almost a year since they've been LAX. 
but with Santana and Ortiz, and I like that they actually go this route with them because they do show that there is more to them besides just being tag team specialists. Now, this does, like you said, continue on with the storyline with the Inner Circle and the Elite from last week and also has more interaction with the Inner Circle and the Elite leading into Blood and Guts. Something that we've seen in this match also was a tie-in with the Jake the Snake promo last week because in the crowd, we see Jake the Snake come through and he came with Lance Archer. So I guess... He found him from wherever Lance Archer was hiding last yeah, wh- week. Wherever he was, right? So that answers the question. Lance Archer is going to be Jake the Snake's client. I don't know if he's going to have more than one client, but right now it looks like that's going to be his client, which I'm okay with. Yeah. I wish it was Brody, but I'm okay with it. Yeah, I mean, here's the deal. I thought it was interesting, but I thought it was the least dramatic way of going about it. Uh, personally, I would have liked to see an introduction with Jake the Snake. I would like to see him on the mic again. Uh, you know, I thought that it was sort of fresh last week, so I thought we keep the ball rolling. Maybe yeah. we get him a you know a five minute promo or whatnot. Uh, they tend to do this in the crowd thing quite often. Um, we mm-hmm. see that with the Dark Order uh, that I don't know how many weeks ago, and then they had uh, this guy, um, whoever does their vignettes, their yeah, yeah. their uh, spokesman. Yeah, basically their spokesman. Um. So, yeah, I mean, it, it was okay, but I, I don't know. I would have liked to have seen a little bit more out of that. I Yeah, I think that they could definitely go about it in a different way, but I do also like the whole crowd interactive thing because it does make the crowd feel like they're a part of the show to constantly have like these debuts in the crowd and not the NXT way where they're just sitting there waving, you know what I mean? Yeah, but, yeah, that's true. Yeah, so also not to play Fashion Police, I'm not Brazongo over here, but I think Jake the Snake wore the exact same outfit last week. <laughs> but anyway, back to this match. It was a pretty decent match. We got to see a lot of interaction with uh, the Elite and Inner Circle, so I think that they kind of jumped the gun announcing the two teams for the blood and guts match and now they're playing catch up like we have to have a lot of elite versus inner circle leading into the match but i'm okay with it i i enjoyed this match and yeah another win for cody yeah i i i felt the same thing as you uh that now leading up to blood and guts we're going to start seeing more of the elite versus um the inner circle the inner circle um just, I don't know why I'm fucking slowing down here. <laughs> <laughs> if you guys haven't noticed, we're doing this after watching four hours of wrestling. Yeah. So we're switching it up a little bit. So excuse us if uh, there's a little lag. But, um, but yeah, I mean, overall, this was a, a, a pretty good way to start. You know, we always say that they, they usually start and, and end well. Mm-hmm. So now, speaking of the middle portion of the show, uh, we we did get a good showcasing of... Uh, of the females um, division, we got uh, Hikaru Shida with Statlander, B Priestley with Nyla Rose, and I thought this was interesting. One, just because we haven't seen B Priestley in a long while, um, I can't even remember the last show that she was on. Yeah, I me either, and I also think it was ironic because I was just interacting with somebody on Instagram where they were saying that they missed seeing B Priestley and Jamie Hayter. I was like, yeah, me too. So ironically, she pops up this week. I was pretty surprised to see that. Yeah, personally, I, I would like to see more of B Priestley. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we're we're constantly talking about how that division can need a boost, yeah. uh, and I think she's she brings a, a sense of character, a little bit of edge. Some strong style. Yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, strong style, which personally I'm I'm a big fan of. I like that hard-hitting smash-mouth uh, um, style. Mm-hmm. But nonetheless, like this, I don't know, this it, it this seemed a little bit clunky at parts to me. Uh, the one thing I thought was, I thought the bright spot in this four-way of women, I guess, 
uh, or excuse me, for women in this match was Hikaru Shida. I think she was the star in this. I think she's showing why she's the the number one um, in the rankings. And I believe that she's due for a title shot very soon. Uh, But I don't know. It just seems like there was a lot of miscommunication. And that's the part that I thought was kind of clunky. Yeah, I think a lot of the um, sloppiness in the match came kind of from the side of B. Priestley because of the simple fact that B. Priestley has a different style than everybody else. She is a lot more hard-hitting, and it does look like she's really laying it in when she's doing these moves. But, yeah, I, I noticed that there was no there was no, like, no miscommunication or no clunkiness when it came to Nyla Rose in the match with either Statlander or with Sheeta. So I think it was kind of on B. Priestley's part. I don't know how active she's been in Japan, but I do know this is the first time we've seen her in a while. And I'm glad that we're going to see more of her, because after the match, we randomly had B Priestley attack Nyla Rose, her own partner, and I think they're setting up now to B Priestley trying to get a title shot from Nyla Rose, which I would love to see because you would have a a female who is very strong hitting and very like she has more size than some of the other women in the division and she hits harder than other women in the division. Pairing her up against the biggest female in the division and the champion I think would make for a great television. But I also am not too sure if I agree with the fact that Hikaru Shida took the loss in this and the pin. I would have had uh, Chris Statlander take the pin because you just had her lose to Nyla Rose at Revolution. So it doesn't take too much off of Statlander to lose again. But to have Hikaru Shida, who you constantly build and then like not take down a notch every single time we see her, it's like, why have her take the pin? Yeah, it's sort of weird as to where they're going with Hikaru Shida because... uh... Exactly what you said. It feels like when she gets some momentum, then there's like a step back. And that's how yeah. I felt with tonight as well. Like she was, in my opinion, the star in this match. I think she did very well. Um, and she flowed with, with everyone that, that she was faced up against. Yeah, not to cut you off, but something that I told you while we watched it was she's definitely going to be a future champion. She has champion written all over her. I don't think she had a bad match yet. No, no. She is very like... <laughs> What's the word I'm looking for? Like, she's just very, like, fluid in the ring. Yeah. Like, everything comes so natural for her. It flows. Yeah, it flows, right? I don't know why I couldn't. I'm a rapper. Come (laughs) on. Like, I couldn't find the word flow. But, yeah, so I definitely think that she has future champion written, like, in her future. But the thing is, I don't want her to be one of these, like, people who the more you build and then you take a step back when she finally wins the title doesn't mean much. Yeah, it's it's gonna run out of steam. Yeah. One thing I, I did want to say was... I made a comment in the past about Nyla Rose, and I'm going to say the same thing tonight. I would like to see her hit a little bit harder. I would like to see her try a little bit more. And what I mean by try more, I mean, I, I see moments where there's a lack of hustle. When she's running for a lariat, when she's yeah. running into the corner, it's just like she just slows down a bit. And... I don't know, when when you're the native beast, I sort of expect this this tank, this hard-hitting, you know, champion that she is. And I'm just not getting that. And it seems like there's a lot of uh, the safe route being being taken here. Yeah, it does seem at times, because there is times where it's like, oh my god, she killed her. But there are is times where it's like, I don't want to hurt you, so I'm not going to go full force. Yeah. And, you know, there is like a fine line between showing that and being safe in the ring because there is people who look like they're killing you but they're extremely safe yeah so she just might need more work 
yeah, and, and that's that's my sentiments with with most of these uh, women in this match. It, outside of Sheeta, I think a lot of them still need some polishing. Uh, there were still moments with Statlander as well. It's almost yeah. the same thing. Um, I would like to see a little bit more out of her, a little bit more effort. Uh, kind of really sell that that hard hitting sort of like what you were just mentioning how you can make it seem like it, it's it's hard hitting but you can still be safe yeah um you know these wrestlers they're not glass and you know what i, I could say the same thing about many uh male wrestlers also mm-hmm. that i feel like you know they're not really uh giving it their all or they're not taking it up a notch when they really could we've seen one tonight but <laughs> yeah we'll get yeah, to that yeah but- i mean i also i'm sorry i don't mean i don't want to cut you off before you have something to say but i did want to mention that you brought up about B Priestley after the match, and I thought it was a fail on on the AW uh, production because they didn't have the camera on the initial hit. Somebody missed their cue. Yeah, so that was just awkward because I believe they were showing um, replays of the match. Yeah, yeah, and then we quickly jump back into the ring, and you see Nyla on the on on the on the ground, or more like on the on the apron yeah, mat, yeah, yeah. and you see B Priestley, you know, standing above, and she grabs the belt. And it's just like, whoa, what, what, what happened here? Yeah, for the people who's watching at home, very confusing. If that's, I mean, like, yeah, you just see two partners win the match, hands raised, and then all of a sudden we come back from replay. One is standing over the other one holding the belt. It's like, come on. If it wasn't for Excalibur, we're like, oh my God, what's this? Right? We would have not known. It would be like, what the hell just happened? So, yeah, they're, probably somebody missed their cue, whether it's the production or they told B Priestley, do it now. I don't know what happened, but yeah, things like that needs to be tightened up because there is moments in AEW where a big moment is missed because of the production or yeah. because they're showing something else at the time or they're showing replays at the time and then you hear the crowd reaction. I'm like, what is the crowd watching right now? It's like, yeah, you got to tighten that up. But this wasn't the last we've seen of the women on the show. Yeah, so we get a uh, Britt Baker promo with Tony Schiavone yet again. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you this right now, I wasn't I wasn't feeling it so much, uh, personally. I feel like this is being done a little too often now. Um, now, granted, it's been a couple of weeks, but this is about the third time she's she's done this. And it still feels like she needs Shivani to hold her hand and being there. Because at this point, I really don't see the purpose of him just interviewing her on the stage like that. Uh, I would have liked to see growth and that she could just come out and cut her own promos... Because it, it just seemed very awkward. Uh, I think there was moments where Shivani was looking for more for, from her. Mm-hmm. And so I felt like she had to... She felt that as well and kind of was pushing a little bit more. And I don't know. The, just the chemistry just... I don't know. It didn't work for me. Yeah, I think that this one seemed more forced than ever before. And that says a lot because you would want to see that progression every time she does this, especially if you constantly keep on going to this type of format with her and Shivani. Yeah. There is no progression. She actually went back. We saw progression the last time she did this where she took the mic by herself and just went off in the crowd and yeah. was like, wow, she finally like coming to her own. And then I didn't see that with this one. It looked like she did just like get nervous and fragile. Uh, fraz- frazzled. Frazzled. Like we Frazzled. are, like yeah. we are right now, right? <laughs> yeah, like how ironic. But yeah. yeah, you could tell that Shivani was like trying to get more out of her because he was like, "Oh, but what do you think of this?" And then like giving her like the nudge, like, "Come on, give me yeah. something to work yeah. with he, here." He, and you weren't giving me nothing to work with, so it's like there was times where she was she finished her sentence and he's still holding the mic there. Yeah, it was like I I don't know if that was because he didn't know what to respond with or or what to say. 
I mean, you know, you know, in all fairness, this is not WWE, so it's not really scripted. Yeah. I, I feel like they probably go out there with a direction or plan, and they just wing it on the fly. The Johnny Gargano moment of the night. <laughs> Pretty much. Because... Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> because Britt Baker was saying a whole lot of nothing up there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, here's the deal. It, again, it was still just... Uh, you know what? Let's just call it what it is. It was her trying to create heat to build this heel persona. Mm-hmm. And I feel like at this point, we already we get it. All right? Uh, you're a heel. Most of the crowd don't like you now. Uh, that's already established. We don't need to keep on pushing this. Yeah. Uh, so that's what I'm saying. Like, I hope that we don't keep doing this for city to city for her to keep bashing people. You know what I mean? Yeah. And if you are going to have her continue to talk, then change the format up a little bit. Because this is something where it's like, at this point, it's been there, done that. Give me something new. We did get something new, though, with Big Swole coming out and interrupting now, her. Now, I, I don't mean to cut you off there, but I was just going to mention that, that if this was the whole, if the sole purpose of this was to set up something between her and Big Swole, well, then I feel like it, it could have been cut down to about a minute or two and just yeah, have Swole come I, out. Because it, it dragged too long. There was a part there, too, where there was just a very awkward pause where it looked like she had another sentence to say, but she didn't. And yeah. she was just staring at the crowd, smiling, like with that like smug smile. Yeah. Waiting for her swole to come out, and you could even see on Shivani's like face, he was like kind of uncomfortable because it's like, uh, this is awkward. And yeah, that's one thing you don't want to like show to the people at home or even the people there. You don't want to show like, yeah, I'm frazzled here, or I missed a line, or I'm forgetting what's the next thing I'm supposed to say because that's what it looked like. It looked like she was all like, eh. And then it was just like dead silence. And then yeah. she's just smiling. And then you can even see in her eyes, she's looking around like, what am I supposed to say again? And that's when we got Big Swole. Big Swole kind of came to the rescue there because if they would have ended it there, that would have been a real fail. That would have been your double F moment yes, of the night. Yes, But you know what? I, I think this kind of piggybacks of what we were saying before with the, the Priestley situation um, with production. Uh, I think this might have been a production issue. I don't know if... Uh, if there was a it was a time that they were supposed to hit, or if they were supposed to send out Swole a little bit sooner, I don't know. But again, we can see that on television, and so yeah. that's not good. I'm just gonna say from my like viewing eyes, and this is just my opinion. I think that it was just maybe she forgot some of the things she was supposed to say because it did look like she was like messing up a couple times there and forgetting what she was supposed to say. Yeah. So yeah. I, I'm not gonna put that one on production as well. But yeah, Big Swole comes out and then they have like a little like back and forth, giving a little like nod to their significant others. others yeah, <laughs> it was pretty Which cool. I, I, I like yeah, that. I liked it too. Because like like we mentioned before, you know, AW breaks the fourth wall, and mm-hmm. so I sort of felt like they were doing that with this as well, sort of acknowledging like, hey, you know, we know who you're with and whatnot and most of the crowd if you're a true fan you sort of know the crowd popped so they yeah, you know yeah. yeah exactly so uh, that's the thing i feel like with aw at least that they respect the crowd's knowledge mm-hmm. uh but one thing i would I, I do have to say is that when when Britt baker tossed that coffee in swole's face now granted it wasn't actually hot coffee but i would have liked to see the cell job by big swole and sort of react a little bit more it just seemed like she got hit with water. To be honest, I would have liked to see a lot more than a cell job. I would have liked to see Big Swole just chase her down, and then that's how we end the segment with Britt Baker running away and Swole trying to go after her. Because 
someone throws coffee on you and you look pissed off and you turn to the other rampway and yeah. walk down. Yeah. Like, come on. Someone threw coffee at me. Like, my first reaction is like, I'm going to attack. Yeah. You didn't attack. You came out. First of all, this is not even your promo to come out. You come out interrupting her. You get a coffee thrown on you and you just stand there looking stupid after it. Like, that's kind of a fail on swole. So. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. I, I thought it, it could have went either way where she could have sold that it was hot coffee and kind of, you know, grabbed her face and, and like dropped mm-hmm. and maybe, you know, had people come out to, to see if she was okay. You know, that, that type of situation. Yeah. Have like medical attention or whatnot or referees. Or, like what you said, chase her down. Mm-hmm. But. We didn't get that, so it just seems very weird. I don't know. 24 weeks in, and it still remains to be seen if the women's division is going to be a real prominent role in AEW, because it's still the weakest part of the show. And and this is what I wanted to make, was just because the the, the rest of the world, or more like the, more, uh, the rest of the wrestling world, women's division has uprised, and they're more in prominent roles doesn't necessarily mean that you need to push it as much as the the other companies. Mm-hmm. You have to go with your strong points and you try to hide your your weak points. Now, I'm not saying, hey, bury the women's division. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not by the, the least bit. We don't want women, all right? Yeah, <laughs> no, 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 no. Not the least bit. We want a sausage fest on Wednesdays, all right? <laughs> oh, God, no. Oh, God, no. But all I'm saying is that I don't think there needs to be things forced upon us. No, I don't yeah. think there needs to be so much time given. Mm-hmm. These Britt Baker promos at this point, I don't know. It, it they, they were good for what they were worth at the time, and they in my in my opinion they run out of favor with me. She's not getting to that level, I guess, that they would hope. So let's move on. You know what I mean? Yeah, I I think that. All right, in my opinion, this is where the whole multiple bookers kind of like throws off the show because you have amazing booking in the singles division, and then you have like in my opinion, piss poor booking for the women, I feel like maybe they should get some help from Cody or Tony. That's just my opinion. But yeah, no, I moving agree. On. I agree. I agree because he, here's something that, you know, we, we were saying is booked well. Uh, you know, Jericho and Sammy and, and Hangman and Dustin. Now, this was interesting yeah. because Hangman uh, announced that it was a mystery partner. So... With the whole wrestling world buzzing of hearing rumors, you know, we heard, you know, Lance Archer, which obviously mm-hmm. we got earlier today, Brody, Brody Lee, Matt Hardy. Matt Hardy. Yeah, I, I think that it was really interesting how they started the show where it looked like he was going to reveal his partner to be one of the young bucks. Yeah. And then he did that little swerve, like, even if you guys were the last two guys on earth, I wouldn't I pick still you. wouldn't. Yeah. Exactly. And that's what I thought. I thought when they, when I officially heard this, this matchup and that there was a mystery, a partner, I thought it was going to be one of the Young Bucks as well. Yeah, remember I told you, it's probably going to be Matt Jackson to continue this feud between the two, and they're not going to be able to coexist in the same match with each other, but... No, that wasn't the, wasn't the case. That wasn't the case at all. So, yeah, another swerve, but it actually worked. So, yeah, the Inner Circle, they after the Cody match, they attacked Nick Jackson backstage, and I guess, like, they... You know those doors, like, those garage doors where yeah. you, like, slide down? They kind of smashed his face with that. So the whole elite, they go like chasing the inner circle to the back, trying to save Nick Jackson. And then they follow Nick Jackson to the hospital. And then later on in the show, we have Dustin Rhodes, who's painted up and ready for a match saying, hey, I don't care who your partner is going to be, Hager. I mean, Hager. Hangman, (laughs) I'm pissed off. I want to fight the inner circle. I'm your partner. So in the main event, the mystery partner actually ended up being Dustin Rhodes, which... 
to be honest, it didn't look like Hangman was pissed at that, and they ended up working well with each well, other. Well, in the beginning, yeah. He was it, questioning it, it, but he wasn't, like, mad, like, no, get out of here, you're not my partner. It was all like, really, like, I'd rather do this alone type thing, but then it was like, whatever. Well, that that's what I was going to say. I, th- I thought that was interesting because it continues with this idea of him wanting to completely break off. But also but shows that, hey, I, I kind of respect you more than I respect the Bucks. So, <laughs> well, yeah, 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 yeah. I guess it was, you know... The, the better of two evils. Yeah. But still, nonetheless, this this ended up being a really good match. I mean, no surprise. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Every time you get Jericho, Hangman, Sammy, and even Dustin in the match, you're going to enjoy it. And now I feel like you have guys really coming to their own, like Sammy and Hangman, yeah. where they don't look like the weakest links in a match that has two veterans like Jericho and Dustin, which is really nice to see because they're carrying their own in there. Yeah. Yeah, without a doubt, without a doubt. Uh, I thought it was interesting because we do get the Elite all coming out, and then it seemed like they were going to put Hangman through the table, just like they did yeah. to, to Mox the previous week. And then it was uh, Mac Jackson that actually saves Hangman. Mm-hmm. So I thought, oh, wow, this is interesting. Do they kind of retract a little bit? And, you know, is this somewhat showing of gratitude? Maybe it's a sort of a peace thing. Then he gets the finger. <laughs> no, immediately he gets the finger. Which, so I love that. Which leads me to question, what happened to the good Christian boys that don't curse? It seems like they kind of, you know, they, they, they'll throw up a finger, but they won't say the word, which is cool. Because <laughs> I remember there was a promo in PWG when they made the uh, Mount Rushmore. And Kevin Steen at the time was saying, oh, you're going to suck our... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kids, right? <laughs> and then he says, tell them that. And he's like... No, I forgot you're a good Christian boy. They don't say that crap. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. yeah, it was a really crazy ending. Chris Jericho whacked Matt Jackson with the chair at the end. It looked yes. like another uh, Sean Spears, Cody Rhodes situation. He from didn't turn his head, though. Fighter Fest. Yeah. <laughs> but there but was a dent in that chair. There though. was. And it was steel to skull. It didn't yeah. look like it was hands up. So the inner circle, another week where they're on top. Yeah. Yeah, they, they, they definitely finished strong. And I'm sort of liking this this build up, even though, like we said, it seems a little thrown on us. Yeah, thrown yeah. on us exactly. But I'm excited because you know, as I mentioned before, we have tickets for the blood and guts, and so this is this is this is going pretty well so far. Yeah, I'm extremely excited for blood and guts. I was really happy with this episode. I think it was another successful episode. Yes, there was some parts that was a little clunky or a little sloppy production wise, but I really did enjoy this episode. My two final thoughts is another episode where there was not much of like quiet spots during the middle because, you know, we start well, we end well. But in the middle, we had two amazing six-man tag matches between, well, one between the Death Triangle and the, uh, what's called, Private Party and Joey Janela. And then another one with the Jurassic Express, the Butcher and the Blade, and MJF. Both matches were extremely fun, action-packed, and left me on the edge of my seat the whole time. Now, this is where things are going to get a little interesting because I happen to disagree with that. I think the the Death Triangle versus uh, Janela and Private Party was really good. Um, that one I did enjoy. Um, I think it's awesome, by the way. I know we mentioned previously adding Pac with, um, with Pentagon and Phoenix. Mm-hmm. I thought that's really smart because it sort of gives them a, a mouthpiece that could yeah. speak English. So that really works. I also liked how they were, they showed cohesiveness and they sort of have this like 
this pre pre match ritual where they held hands and made almost like a triangle, and so it was it was pretty cool. It well it didn't seem like it was thrown together, but now the MJF and Butcher and the Blade and versus a uh, Jurassic Express, that to me just seemed. I don't know. It, that was clunky, especially on the part of uh, Luchasaurus, in my opinion. I mean, first off, he started out entering the ring and, and kicking uh, Marco Stunt in the head. And then throughout the match, it just, I don't know, it just didn't seem right with me. I don't know if he has a, a legit injury in his I, leg. I think so, yeah. If that's the case, then okay. But it wasn't just him. It just seemed like there was so much, just, I thought it was a little too much, actually kind of thrown in, and it was one thing after another, and people jumping in, this and that, and I don't know, the pacing of it just kind of was a little off for me, and like I said, I just didn't feel that that fluidity and or that flow, and I just saw moments where it, things weren't clean. Simple as that, it just wasn't clean. Well, this is some of the few times where we disagree, and this is the end of the podcast. I can't work with you if you can't, <laughs> if you don't agree with me. But no, nah, yeah, I definitely think there was like definitely there was sloppy points in the match, and there were points where it did seem like Luchasaurus was really injured, where it kind of threw it off a little bit. But I'm assuming I, I think that there wasn't enough, in my opinion, for me to not enjoy the match. I think oh. that it was really, really good in my opinion. Like I said, I I don't think it was bad. I thought it was okay, maybe good. I mean, I I liked MJF, and you know he's showing more and more of this. Four Horsemen style with, with him with the jacket and he's doing the strut again and I like his pairing with uh, Butcher and the Blade. I think it's a really good fit. Uh, so I did enjoy this match, but like I said, I wouldn't go as far as saying oh really really good. I wouldn't I wouldn't go that far. I just thought it was it was okay for what it was worth. It was a lot of I got to get spots in and things weren't so clean as I said before. There's no other way I can say it. I would like to see you know guys polish up a little bit more. Well, speaking of MJF, I just have a quick thought that I mentioned during the week to you, and I just wanted to mention here on the podcast. Now, there's been a lot of talk of the Revival possibly leaving WWE next month and then coming to AEW. I think that's inevitable if they do leave WWE and let their contracts write out. I think that if you pair the Revival with MJF... Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We, we just, just don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington for challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. 
It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. I think that's when you're going to get like a 2020 version of the Four Horsemen. MJF being the Ric Flair, Ric Flair the and then the Revival being the Tully and Arn. I think, and then you have Wardlow Wardle. as like the muscle. I yeah. just wanted to put that out there. So when it happens, people say, hey, I heard that first on the Fight for Wednesday Night <laughs> podcast. That boy, Mike De Niro, is a freaking psychic. All right. Anyway. If that happens. Assuming if that happens. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Don't get ahead of yourself. Don't, to get that don't, don't pat yourself on the back quite yet there, buddy. <laughs> One thing I, I would like to say uh, for, for my final thought, I did enjoy the sit down with, with Mox and uh, JR. We've mentioned this in the past. That's always money. Yes. I also like that this was a different setting. I don't know if this was Mox's home. Uh, I know he lives in like Nevada. That's not that far from from Utah, so mm-hmm. I don't know. But um, he's money when he talks. That was that was awesome. He also kind of made the inclination that something's gonna happen at Blood and Guts. So I'm sort of excited about that. Yeah. I don't know in what capacity or what's gonna happen, but it's just fun to think. At least I know he's gonna be there. Yeah. And something is bound to happen. But also, people thought Lance Archer was gonna be there last week. So I'm yeah, that's my hopes you up. Can never, no, you no, can never I think this is, a big, this is a pretty big deal. But yeah, overall, I thought it was a really good show. Overall, I didn't think it was a really good show. I thought it was an okay show, to be honest. I think this was probably the the most flat show they had of the year. Hmm. I think that up until now, things were full steam ahead. Last week wasn't as good as the previous week, and I think this week. It was less than the, the the previous week. So, they were on the incline, to me, in my personal opinion. It's slowly on the decline. It's not a bad show. Don't get me wrong. It wasn't a bad show. I thought it was good, but it was flat, in my opinion. Just flat. There was nothing stupendous or great about it. I thought it was good, but even the main event, it was something that we've already got before. Yeah. We had Hangman and, and, and Dustin versus Sammy and, and Jericho. Like I said, Archer, there was no grand way of bringing him together with uh, with Jake the Snake. He just comes out through the back and sits for half the match. I don't know. And, and like I said, the middle of the show was just a little clunky, in my opinion, with the with the Jurassic Express mm-hmm. uh, six-man and then also with the female match. It, it, it didn't shine. So, you know, I'll sing their praises when I feel it, but this time I'm, I'm not. I just think it was an okay show. Interesting. So, let's get into NXT. Let's get into it. Now, NXT, this episode was a lot better than the past couple episodes, in my opinion. I agree. This episode was from a different setting, which was nice to see. We were in the Performance Center. I like the different aspects which of it. I had some reservations about that. I was sort of curious how this was going to go, but I didn't. I thought it might be a negative, in my opinion. I, I think that... For the smaller crowd, they were able to interact with the building more, which was really cool. Yeah, I wasn't sure how they were going to get a crowd yeah. actually in the Performance Center, but well, they, did a, they did a fair job yeah, with that. I, I seen when they did the uh, Halftime Heat two years ago for the Super Bowl where they had a crowd there that they actually were able to do it, but it didn't look as good as this. This actually looked better because they pr- actually produced this for television, where yeah. that was produced for like YouTube. Yeah. So this episode, we had a really big surprise because unannounced during Rhea Ripley's promo... We got Charlotte. Now, I didn't know if Charlotte's music was going to hit and then it was going to be a video of her on the screen. Yeah. yeah. And I thought that's what was going to happen until she actually came out during the show. And once again, she seems like a star. She didn't let the crowd throw her off. She was able to interact with the crowd because 
Yes. So usually they don't give you that leeway. Like you aren't able to really interact if they're booing you like that. It's usually just like ignore them, keep going with your promo. Where she was like, screw that, I'm the queen, I'll tell them to shut up and sit down and let me talk. Exactly. I think she showed her professionalism because a few weeks back, I pointed out, or it might have been last week, I don't quite remember, when Cameron Grimes came out and was cutting a promo and Keith Lee came out. Mm-hmm. Um, or more like Lee was already out there and Cameron Grimes came out and the crowd was sort of getting to him and his promo was just, eh, like, you could tell it was sort of sketchy for him. Like, he couldn't really get through it. And this is this is the difference between a true professional like Charlotte. Even though the crowd is loud and it's a small place, so it's so it's, even louder. it's really hard to ignore. Yeah. I'm pretty sure she would have rather do a promo in a stadium of eighty thousand than to do it in front of hundred and twenty people. Yeah, because you hear everybody's fucking coughs, farts, and sneezes. Never mind their booze. Yeah, so it's right in your ear. But like I said, she handled it. Like a professional, she did crowd work, and she just got them to kind of shut up a bit. And even though they didn't really quiet, she got them to tone down enough that she could get her point across. And she showed that, I'm not going to stop for you guys. Yeah, definitely. And I, just like I said last time she was on NXT, she really shows that she's a superstar. And that's something that just, you can see, it comes through the screen. It, like, when she comes out, you got that feeling of a superstar. Another, another uh, point to make about her... Being a superstar and a professional was even in her verbiage. She was still building up Rhea Ripley while still tearing her down. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is she mentioned that I will drown the fastest rising star in NXT. So that's like, I'm giving you a threat, but I'm also giving you a compliment. Yeah, it's not like, who are you? No one knows you. Like, I'm Charlotte. No, it's like, we're going to acknowledge that you're... Stock is rising right yeah, now. Yeah, it sort of felt like an MGK diss. <laughs> <laughs> you compliment and you diss or him on the same We all know you're the greatest rapper alive. Yeah, exactly. It's like, that's how I felt with this one, you know? So I thought that was true professional. She knows who, her role in this yeah. in this feud. Definitely. It is to build a bigger star out of Rhea Ripley. Whether she wins or loses, Rhea Ripley's defending the NXT champion at WrestleMania is something that never happened before. Yeah, yeah. So it is a big deal. And, and I, I give a lot of credit to Charlotte for... For wanting to be a part of this feud, wanting to put somebody else over at times and yeah. build them up, uh, like I said, like that speaks volumes to me. And so kudos to her because you know I feel like in her career she really doesn't need to. She doesn't need to be doing this. Yeah, this doesn't really add another level. Like oh, you know, Charlotte is a superstar now. She's a megastar. Yeah, no. and here's the thing: just because they gave so much to Charlotte and so. Like, so soon, as soon as she hit the main roster, doesn't mean that she's not still early in her career. Yes. She's still early in her career, and they already have her at a point where it's her building new stars. Where usually that's, like, the veteran on their way out that give other stars the rub. Which is also good to see, because she's not only able to make new stars, but she's able to have these feuds with these uh, rising stars that's going to really solidify her legacy as somebody who creates, but also solidifies the people that she's in there with. Uh, I thought it was key what you said about her being given so much so soon, which something I've complained about in the past. You know, I think I think she's great and I think she's one of the best. But if her last name wasn't Flair, she wouldn't be having as many opportunities as I believe she has. But this is a good example of her giving back and her being a company woman and acknowledging that, hey, you guys have given me so much and that I can do the same in return. 
So I think that was awesome. And for the point of this whole segment, I thought it was interesting because on Raw, you had Ripley show up and she kind of got the better of Charlotte Mm -hmm. in that segment. And then in this one, Charlotte got the slightly better of Ripley and it's sort of like in their home shows. I wouldn't say slightly better because Rhea Ripley maybe got slightly better. She hit a jab and Charlotte just like let it go. She looked at her like, wow. Yeah, it was, it, this was, one, it was a piss poor segment. In this one, you had Charlotte not only attack Rhea Ripley, but she had the figure four on the um the ring post. She was like tossing her around. Charlotte got the better of Rhea Ripley significantly. In she this did, but show. at least in the comparison of both segments... At least Ripley had offense in. Oh, true. Because yeah. it, at Raw, she just yeah, uh, Charlotte just got punched or slapped, or whatever, and just knocked to the floor, and that's it, and we're just going, stares. We're going to have a new term for this. She got big swolled. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I, I like the segment. I also like the loyalty that the fan base have. Yes. Because they were chanting to Charlotte, a big star, even though they didn't know Charlotte was going to be there. Yeah. So they they weren't surprised. Like, oh my God, it's Charlotte. No, they were saying go back to Raw. That shows, hey, this is NXT. We don't want you main roster rejects here. Even though I'm sure deep down inside, they're going like, I can't believe Charlotte was here. But still, the fact is, the fact is when they know they know their role. The NXT crowd knows their role. That's what. That's the point I'm trying to get at. Yeah, I, I, did, I, I did like the fact that there was loyalty because to a lesser extent than what you said, I thought there was going to be a bigger reaction to that. Just because she wasn't announced. And I mean, in of all places, they're in the fucking performance center. So mm-hmm. who would have thunk it? Yeah. But nonetheless, they, they they did. They stayed loyal from the get. And, you know, they chanted, uh, you don't go here and go back to Raw. And like I said, they gave her hell when she was trying yeah. to cut that promo. So really, kudos to, to the NXT fans. That's, that's the third person in the ring. Basically, the, yeah. The fan base really played a part in that role. I mean, really played their role in that part of the show. Yes. Now, in my opinion, the match of the night for both shows came from NXT. And that was a rematch of the TakeOver Portland tag team title match between the Brosaweights and the Undisputed Era. So, the Undisputed Era comes out for this match and they're interrupted by Velveteen Dream. Velveteen Dream makes it known that Roddy played into his role. It was all mind games. And the real end game was for him to get to Cole and to get a title shot. I was going to say, we did get clarity to what we're going to get moving forward. Yeah. Like I said, last week, it was sort of showing that. But again, that was only one episode. So I wasn't sure where they were going to go this week. Yeah. Now it seems very clear. It looks like we're going to move towards Dream and Cole. For Tampa Takeover, which I got some backlash on uh, last week's podcast, but I'm gonna say it again. I'm not too sure about this. I, I, I hope that it doesn't close out the show, which I was gonna it say, most I likely think, will. No, I don't think it will. I think that the way they're building up the uh, Champa and Gargano match, I think that that's probably going to be like a maybe like a non-sanctioned match where they end the show with. It. I don't know. I don't know because, like I said, I, I agree with you. I hope so, but I don't know. I mean. It's it's Adam Cole and it's the it's the NXT World Title and I mean and but, Velveteen Dream is no such. Don't get me yeah. wrong here. Don't do not get me wrong. I love Velveteen Dream. I think he cut a great promo. I think every time he touches the mic, he cuts a great promo. I think he's a great character. And with that being said, I think at being at 24, he's ahead of the game. It's it's harder to have a great character and connect with the fans than it is to be a great wrestler. I feel like. The wrestling ability, in-ring ability, and don't get me wrong, his, his wrestling ability is good. It, it is. It's good. But it's not at the level of Adam Cole. 
it's not. it's not at the level of main eventing a takeover right before WrestleMania. I just don't think it's at that point of his career. Now, as much as I agree with you, I just want to just point out the fact that there has been NXT takeovers where the world title match is not the main event because it's not the biggest feud on the show. Yeah. So we've seen, I believe it was like, um, Kenta, ver- well, Itami versus Bobby Roode at one point where it was like on the show, that was the world title match, but wasn't the main event. And even the first Gargano versus Ciampa match was not a world title match, but the main event, it was the main event of the show where the world title match came on like maybe like two matches before it. So I could see that being the role here, especially the way they ended this show. But if that's the case, then I'm not. I'm not too mad about that. Yeah, you know, I'm not. And but I still don't think that this is the right feud for for this takeover. Just personally, I, me either. I, I said it from the beginning. Right after NXT uh, takeover Portland, I would have liked to see Balor and Cole. I thought that would that would create a really good matchup. But hey, you know what, Velveteen Dream, that's pretty good as well. So as long as it's not main eventing, yeah. I think it's okay. And we do have a couple weeks to continue building. And like I said, I do want to play devil's advocate and say that I've seen better matches from Velveteen before he got injured. So it's possibly he's still shaking off the ring rust. And that's the thing. I, so did I. But I can only go based on what you did recently. Yeah. You understand? And recently, it's not looking too great. Well, coming back from an injury, it could be ring rust. Especially, I hope so. I really especially hope so. you, you throw him right into a cage match. It's like... Well, it's funny yeah, because yeah. I thought that was a match that he actually did better in because his match with Roddy was, yeah, just was really horrible, sloppy. horrible. I, I mean, I can't even express that enough. It was horrible. But with the cage match, that was much better in my opinion. Yeah. There was moments where it, it, you know he, he made some poor decisions where he could have capitalized on, but nonetheless, I still thought it was an upgrade compared to that Roddy match. Yeah, definitely. Now, this segment led into the tag team match where yeah. the Bros Awaits came out. It was them versus Fish and O'Reilly. These two teams have great chemistry with each other. Yes. These two teams had another amazing match. That was my one of my favorite matches on the Portland Takeover. My only thing is, like we said earlier about Nyla Rose, Matt Riddle doesn't really oh, lay in God, those kicks, yes. and some of his offense does look like I'm not trying to hurt you, where everyone else is kicking their face off. Where like I just want to see Matt Riddle like lay it in a little bit more. But besides that, this match was absolutely phenomenal in my opinion. Yeah, the, the match was great, and like you said with the kicks, like I don't know if we mentioned this before. I know for a long while, every time he was having a match, we were, we were pointing it out. With those kicks, it's just it's too soft. Yeah. You know, I would like to see a little bit more effort into that. Especially, it's like bro, foot you were... foot slapping you. Yeah, it is a foot slap, but it's just like you were a, a, an ex-MMA fighter. Like, you know how to throw proper kick, kicks, and so you understand when you're just throwing them. I mean, because hey, I've done Muay Thai for five years. You know, I can I can throw my kicks correctly and make them look like they're hitting hard, but they're just landing. That's it. You just stop at the point of attack. You don't cut through them. That's mm-hmm. it. It's simple as that. I mean, you see from from uh, the Undisputed Era when Bobby Fish and Kyle Reddy, they throw kicks that look like it, it really hurts, but they're not cutting through. They're just hitting you. Yeah. So, I don't know. I would like to see a little bit more effort out of that. But nonetheless, this was still a very good match. And like you said, the chemistry is phenomenal. Um, I think there are four really good wrestlers. So I kind of expected that. And like we, like you said before, they put on a, an amazing match at, at uh, TakeOver Portland. So 
Yeah, definitely. I think now with the way that they had the Grizzle Young Vets come out during the match and try to like distract, which was a little bit weird. It to was me. a little weird. I it didn't was, like that, but me it, neither. It does look like they are going to start branching off to another feud, and the, that really me, leads me to believe that the Undisputed Error is going to be branching off to something extra as well. Because since they started, there hasn't been a time where the Undisputed Error wasn't in that tag team title picture. Yeah. Now, they lost the belts, they lose their rematch, now what do you do with them? But it does look like we're going to get Grizzled Young Vets versus the Brozoweights, which... Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We, we just, just don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington for challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I am not too excited for because that was the main event. I mean, that was the finals for the Dusty Classic. Yes, yeah. And it was a good match, but wasn't necessarily great. Yeah, it wasn't anything spectacular. It was nothing to really rave all about, you know? Yeah. I like Zach Gibson. I'm not too sold yet on James Drake. Yeah, he's just all right. But I don't know. We'll see. This match, though, really good. I, I, I have to point out, I love the moment of where... Where they throw in uh, Cole and and uh, and Roddy, yeah, and I, I was yeah, yeah, I was so confused. I was like, wait, what the fuck? What's going on? And then of all people, I love that Pete Dunn drops to the ground and starts grabbing his Eddie face. Guerrero like yeah, oh, it was so great. Like I love that that comedic aspect of the Bros awaits. Yeah, uh, it, it was just it made the match fun. Definitely did. Even even though, like we said, that it was already a, a good match, but just that little moment and that little segment, it kind of showed their character. It puts them over even more. You know, I, I just enjoy that. So when you can make me laugh and still, oh wow, and and cheer, uh, you know, it, it's cool to to get all those spectrum of emotions in in one match. Yeah, definitely. I I really enjoyed that too. Now something I definitely enjoyed, and it was a totally different emotion. Yes, was the way we ended this show. Now. They said that Gargano was going to do things his way tonight, and I didn't know if that meant another promo, and if it meant another promo, I was a little scared. But instead, Chopper comes out at the end of the show. He's basically saying, hey, we all know why you attacked me. Now come out and say it, right? We got Gargano in the back somewhere in like in a conference office. room. Yeah, conference right? room basically. Where he's talking and then Garga- I mean Ciampa's like, screw this. I know the performance. I know exactly where that is. So Which he I love. it. I love because yeah. that showed the realism of this. Yeah, it wasn't like, where are you? Like, come on, you trained here. So Exactly. He beelines it for that conference room. They have a brawl all over the performance center, giving everyone a nice tour yeah, of I was all saying, they the, gave me a nice, the medical nice facility, the, the the gym, <laughs> the the conference room. It was really crazy because 
they just brawled all over the place. And I'm sure the bill for the repairs now, <laughs> it's going to go to both of these guys and they got hell to pay. You know, <laughs> literally. I, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, besides all the damage that, that they caused, um, this was a really good segment, uh, especially something that was sort of unexpected. Yeah, it really sold me on this storyline. Yeah, yeah, me too. Especially last week, I, I shitted on the sit-down with Morrow and Gargano because that was absolutely worthless to me. Me too. I felt like that was literally just to, just to get us by to this week. So mm-hmm. I could have completely done without. They could have just said Gargano is going to give his answer next week. Or sh- just like show like the history of DIY or something. Like whatever. Something that whatever. led to this. Exactly. So I was a little afraid that we were going to get, you know, a, a bullshit promo to, with Ciampa talking to Gargano through the screen. And like you said, it was great that he just immediately, the second he saw it, he didn't hesitate to wait. I'm going right towards you. So that was cool. And I also like the fact that we mentioned Gargano's not much of a talker. Mm-hmm. So we didn't have much time talking. Yeah, they showed us instead of telling us, and so that's something I always appreciate. So fuck all the talking. Gargano already made his point across that he's still bitter about what happened uh, in the past and how Champa turned his back on him and how he didn't forget. He never got his apology. Mm-hmm. Blah blah blah. And that was it. That's all I needed to know. Thank you. You gave the reason. That was it. That's what we didn't get that that. last week. Exactly. We didn't get that, you know, with with the moral sit down. And I understand if you were going to lead to this to this segment. But like I just previously said, then you shouldn't have that sit down at all. Exactly. I think that this whole segment was flawless. Yes, it was gold. Well, actually, the only like real nitpicking thing I would say is like, I'm not. (laughs) Oh, no, no, no. (laughs) I laughed at that. He gets hit with a poster and. He yeah. spells it on his shoulder. Like <laughs> I'm, I'm not a fan when you have a brawl like this and you have referees just like, come on, guys, stop. Stop, guys. Like, dude, if you're going to be in the scene, at least make it look real. Try to, like, restrain them. Yeah, if yeah, not, yeah. Like, let them hit you or push you back. So yeah. you're like, all right, you know what? But just, guys, stop. That's enough. That's enough, guys. Gargano, yeah. go away. Think about Leave. this. You're better Please. than this. You're better than this. Like, come on, man. Like, that's yeah. the only thing. But besides that, I mean, but that's that's real. That's that, real that's nitpicking. real nitpicking. And you know, leave it to me to nitpick, right? But I just want to say, I thoroughly, in, thoroughly, I said, in loved. I meant to say, enjoy <laughs> and loved. I thoroughly in loved. <laughs> Let's go with segment. it now. Yeah. <laughs> New word, guys. Yeah, it was just crazy, nuts, balls to the wall, and for a few that I was not too. Happy that they were going to rehash. Yeah. Now I'm excited to see where this goes to take over. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I, I think you hit it right on the head. Uh, for something that we weren't excited about, something that we did say, like, uh, they're doing this again. Still, nonetheless, these are still two really great wrestlers and maybe even two of the best on that roster. They're, you know, at the cream of the crop of, of NXT. So, nonetheless, we're going to get something exciting, something fun. And I think this segment was exactly that. Um, it was just, I don't know, it was sort of reminiscent. I, I, I used to like these brawls back in the day and where it went all around the building and, mm-hmm. you know, parking lots and just, I love that, that yeah. type of shit. Um, and especially how real it, it seemed, like I said. And this segment kind of really sold me on the show, on the show itself because it was a good show, but it was just, okay, you know, we had a couple of surprises, like mm-hmm. we said with Charlotte, we had a couple of decent matches, 
Um, but there was outside of the undisputed error there's versus no yeah it. yeah outside of that yeah. that 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 last match with the like I said undisputed error and the Broseweights there wasn't that oomph and this really kind of put the cherry on the top for me. Yeah, me too. Because not only did you have match of the night, now NXT has great wrestling, so I would never like be surprised if they have match of the night. Yeah, but you had segment of the night, and that's something that NXT doesn't always have because AEW yep, is impeccable true. with their segments, with their stories, with their promos. And this week NXT had both of that. So in my opinion, winner this week, NXT. Ah, oh, damn it! I was really hoping we were gonna disagree this week. I, I, I have to go I, I thir- Look, I thoroughly enjoyed AEW more than you did. I just want to say I really did enjoy it. I thought it was a great show. But yeah, I yeah. did. Walk- you did enjoy it more than I did. Yeah, <laughs> walking away from this week, only thing I'm thinking about is Gargano and Ciampa and that Undisputed Era versus Broseweight match. Yeah, yeah. I, you know what? I think if it wasn't for that final segment, then I might have given it, it to AEW. It maybe would have been harder. Yeah, it definitely was going to be a lot harder. But when we had that segment... Like I said, I've really enjoyed it. And when you end the show with excitement, like I said, it always makes me look forward to the next episode. Mm-hmm. And that's something I haven't gotten in a while with NXT. Yeah. I mean, since the, the start of this year, I haven't been too excited about, oh, I can't wait till next week. This was one of those where I was like, wow, this is really good. Like, I yeah. want to see where this continues to grow. And now we're starting to see more of a direction. Uh, and we did get a couple surprises, like with Charlotte. And then we also got that weird situation oh with Raul Mendoza being kidnapped by by well suited up luchadors now I'm not sure if they're the ninjas fine that, dressed that, men if these are the ninjas that, that took Joe back in impact they're in Florida so they I don't know wearing, <laughs> they were wearing four piece suits because they had a nice suit and a mask <laughs> four piece suit four piece. luchadors okay yeah that's the fourth piece so nonetheless it makes me a little bit intrigued I mean this could be really corny or this could be something interesting because we were also saying that Raul Mendoza has some talent, and it'll be interesting to see, to see a story with him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So this is a way of, of doing that. Um, I, I just want to. I have to be that guy. I'm going to put this out there. It does seem like they're going to. It does seem like they've seen the Dark Order, and they're going to do something similar with mass people brainwashing. I don't know. We'll see where this I, goes. But okay, I just that, hope that, that it doesn't go that route. I think that's a reach because nothing about that really showed that besides the fact of that they were wearing masks. But because. What if Raul Mendoza is the exalted one? <laughs> yeah, they're, they're shipping him to yeah. AEW, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't. I, I I see the comparison stri- strictly because of the masks. Yeah. But I, I don't think so. I, I, I or at least I fucking hope not, because that would just be terrible. It would be. But nonetheless, like I said, this was this was a fun show. Uh, I for my final thoughts, I did want to add um that I thought it was interesting with the Keith Lee and um, Grimes match. Not the match itself, because honestly, I thought that was flat. It was, it, right. it was all right, exactly. Nah, it's all right. It wasn't Keith Lee's best performance, in my opinion. But I would say it's one of uh, Cameron Grimes' best performances. Yes, he yes. stepped it up. Yes, and I, I think that's what it was. I was a little disappointed with Keith Lee. If Keith Lee was at Keith Lee level, and Cameron Grimes had his best performance, we could have had this potentially could have been a really good, a really good match. Yeah. yeah, because I didn't expect the performance that I got from Grimes. Yep. But at the same time, I didn't expect that would, type of performance. I've been fight forever. <laughs> You got that out of your system? No. Fine forever. <laughs> All right, moving on. But I think the part that I think that's interesting is that you had uh, Damian Priest come out, hit Keith Lee with the baton. So he's kind of making that his thing, which mm-hmm. I'm cool with. Yeah. 
Dajakovic obviously runs out because of what he did to him previously. And the fact that Dajakovic was trying to help Keith Lee and he turns around and spirit bombs him, that's the intriguing part to me. Because it's like, well, did he know that Priest is the one that attacked him? No, he, he didn't. He got hit from behind and he fell flat. Exactly. So, so it's like he didn't see it. So again, we're going to get this fight forever between them two because now this yeah. is going to reignite that fuel between them. But now I think you're going to make it a three-way. Even potentially, yeah. still, I think there's still that wiggle room that they might actually make it a four-way again with Grimes. Because he had a, Grimes, a really good Grimes matchup. Lost, but yeah, I could see, I, I think they're moving towards a yeah. three-way. Nonetheless, I will also admit my my wrongs. Speaking about three ways, I know I preached in the previous podcast that I thought that it was going to be Charlotte, yeah, Belair, yeah. and Ripley. Obviously, I'm wrong. So I'm I'm actually interested now, even more so for WrestleMania, mm-hmm. because like I said, either there's way, there's no out. Exactly, yeah. there's no out, and it's a win-win for NXT, which I'm really excited for. Yeah, I really like the show. I agree with those two things that you just said. Um... I'm not really feeling this female's ladder match because I feel like every qualifying match, I don't think the right person is going over. Yeah, Last I week, I would have loved Shotzi. Yes. This week, oh, I God. think that Dakota Kai, like they continue to book her to be just a loser. And I don't want to get down that. Yeah, but we, I, I did want to mention, yeah. I thought it would have been interesting because it seems like we're sort of done with the, the Tegan and Dakota. And I'm cool yeah. with that. But it could have added a different layer having them in a in the six-woman ladder match. Yeah. Because obviously, they're coming fresh off of that feud. And so if you had a moment where, I don't know, where they had a one-on-one for a little bit, it would have been kind of cool. But obviously, that's not in the plan. So I really don't know what's going to happen. And like you said, I disagree with Chelsea going over Shotzi. I really think that was the wrong decision. And yeah, I mean, as of right now, there's nobody that I can really say I'm super excited for in this match. But we'll find out. And, yeah, I'm disappointed as well with Dakota taking these losses because I think she's better than that. Honestly, I really do believe she's she's much better than that. And so I would like to see her being uh, built in a different I, I think it's direction. totally you're a ruder. But, yeah, whatever. We you, you know our thoughts on Dakota Kai at this point. Yeah, yeah. Just listen to every episode, episode for like the last, to this. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I... My biggest final thought is I'm very excited for NXT next week. Yeah, I, I'm. I, I feel it's a refreshing that we give NXT the win for this week uh, because it's been a, a long while, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad to see that they're on a better path. And I just hope to God that they keep it up. That's the only thing because I really don't know from week to week. They could have a really good show, and then the next week they could have a complete fucking stinker. So there's only one way to find out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Tune in next week. So Thanks we'll for see sticking you next with week, us, guys. guys. Take care. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeart Radio app or wherever you get your podcasts.
Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 